Insiders, good afternoon, and I hope you are having a meaningful Memorial Day weekend. I'm Eric Rudin, the owner of Essential Pest Control, filling in today for the great Bruce Ash and Eb Wilkinson. Both enjoying some well-earned time off as they recognize the Memorial Day weekend, hopefully with friends and family, and I hope you are too. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge Inside Track's amazing sponsors, Jamie and Gary Kapoor from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Their junk is your treasure. Call Jamie or Craig at 209-1576. Also, Joy and Ali at Corazon Cabinets. High quality cabinets for your home you'll love at a price you can afford. Call the Corazon folks at 488-2266. And you all know Inside Track's co-host, Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson's Wealth Management. Eb creates wealth for gun owners just like you. Call him Tuesday at 777-1911. Please excuse my personal bias, but we also have Essential Pest Control. We share your dislike of bugs, termites, and weeds. Call the Essential team at 886-3029. All of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend on. Our sponsors support the values we all share, so I would ask uh, you to support them as well. Now, this is the Memorial Day weekend, which, of course, is a time we remember all those that have given the ultimate sacrifice and died serving in the American Armed Forces. With the holiday approaching on Monday, I thought it would be a good time to reflect upon this great holiday. Now, most of our listeners are aware this is an American holiday and probably even aware of much of the holiday's history, that Memorial Day used to be called Decorations Day, originating from honoring the many lives uh, lost during the Civil War and being reborn into our modern incarnation Memorial Day post-World War II and Korean War when it enacted as an official holiday in 1968 by Congress. While technically an American holiday... Honoring our fallen soldiers is not a unique tradition globally or historically. Now, some cultures mix in honor dead of soldiers with civilians that have lost their lives in mass numbers during some of the most horrific wars and battles in human history. But there are numerous remembrance holidays and traditions. I think off the top of my head, I think what the Brits have Remembrance Day, Australians Anzac Day. Turkey Martyrs Day. There's a bunch of them with different countries. Heck, even the dreaded Ruskies, Evil Empire, a.k.a. the Red Army, have the holiday Victory Day, celebrating uh, Germany's surrender and honors the Russian fallen. I'm sorry. I just, maybe I shouldn't refer to Russians as evil. Uh, Unfortunately, they just have some evil leadership. So apologies, off track. The point being is that Honoring our military dead has a deep human connection. Even the Romans celebrated their military fallen warriors. And if you know anything about American history, many of our founding fathers had a fetish surrounding Roman culture. So it is no surprise that us as Americans, we'd have a deep connection to our military fallen that have paved the way for our daily comforts. Or at least I'd hope so. Now, there's a thought. As Americans, do we really take the time to appreciate those that have given so much? I know that I've been guilty in the past of being consumed by the activities of a three-day weekend, hanging by the pool, quick weekend getaway, maybe a three-day veg session on the couch, and maybe quite possibly didn't appreciate the significance of the weekend. 
Guilty as charged, but as I've gotten older, I've been more cognizant about values and traditions I've taken for granted in years past. I really can't blame young Americans for not understanding and appreciating these three-day holidays because they have little to no context or experience. Let's be honest, it isn't like the school system is teaching much American history these days. And in truth, how often does a young person actually interact with the military? Yet even rarer to know someone that has fallen in the line of duty. Look, I know many of our listeners are connected to conservative networks or are much more in tune with veteran military type issues, but we have to really think of the average disconnect. Let me throw out some numbers. During the recent Afghanistan conflict, we lost about 2,400 service members over a 20-year period of time. Now, historically, that is an incredibly low number. This is a, really a testament to the greatness of our armed forces. You know, I really appreciate the lengths our modern military goes through to increase the survivability of each and every one of our soldiers. Yet, in a country of 330 million people, that 2,400 is a tiny number. And so easy for us as a society forget or take for granted those that gave so much. People are more likely to have died in the random bicycle accident or hit by the proverbial bus. Now, this isn't to minimize the importance of honoring our fallen heroes. It is to illustrate that many don't have a personal connection. And without a personal connection, it is hard to have appreciation for those that have made the ultimate sacrifice. Let me give a contrasting historical example. During the American Civil War, there was an estimated 620,000 Union and Confederate soldiers killed. And actually that number may have been higher considering that the population of the country is only like 32 million, less than a 10th of today's population. In context, nearly one out of every 50 people died in uniform. Almost every American family would have lost a loved one and or neighbor when you add in the civilian casualties. So no one was untouched by the war. So it is no wonder that Decorations Day would have had traction and lasting meaning as people mourned their loved ones. They'd visit the gravesite, decorate the graves, and have a variety of rememberable activities. From a psychological process, it would have been a very big part of the grieving process of our nation and understandable that that connection over time would fade each successive generation. So in my mind, I tried to put that into context today or an equal comparison. COVID is really the only comparison I can think to illustrate my point. Think of how much panic and fear was manifested during the last two year period. Uh, data would suggest we recently passed 1 million deaths of people dying from or with COVID. That is only a tiny fraction of people per capita lost in a civil war. Not that I wish a day that, that many people could lose their lives, absolutely a horrible thought, but per capita, the civil war is probably 15 times greater than COVID. And the difference is many of those laws, lives lost were in the prime of their life. And then we fast forward 80 years plus, and we would see that unfortunate connection again by Americans and the need to honor fallen heroes uh, post-World War II in the Korean War and then obviously moving into Vietnam. It, an unfortunate return to grieving for so many lost heroes that fought on our behalf, hence Congress enacting the Uniform Holiday Act, which created our modern day version of Memorial Day. With all that said, how do we connect to such a meaningful holiday without the horrific lessons that major conflicts bring or the price of so many fallen? 
to connect with the past of those that have given so much when we live and enjoy the modern benefits society, you know, that's really a tough question. Well, there is an official answer. Uh, we have the National uh, Moment of Remembrance on Memorial Day at 3 p.m. locally. Uh, everyone is supposed to take a moment of silence to remember our military heroes that gave their lives in service to our country. It's a good symbolic act. Uh, you know, I, I think there could be more. Now, if you wanted to celebrate decoration style, uh, decorations day style, um, there are a couple ceremonies going on on Monday. Um, there's a Memorial Day ceremony at the Arizona Veterans Memorial Cemetery in Marana, Arizona. Uh, there's also a uh, ceremony, I think, at uh, 9 a.m. at East Lawn Palm Cemetery over on Grant Road. So there's a choices both sides of town uh, if you wanted to do something on Decorations Day style, honoring those people that have served. Now, I realize that's not everyone's cup of tea, so I took some time to explore the idea of what I can do or some things I've done in the past to remember the holiday. Now, sadly, and I probably shouldn't admit this on the radio, but for me, it usually comes down to watching war movies on TV. Uh, now, now, don't get me wrong. There are so many great movies and series immortalizing our past heroes. I mean, that Band of Brothers series with the 101st Airborne, uh, I bet I watched that a dozen times. Uh, HBO's The Pacific was really good, too. I liked The Longest Day about the D-Day invasion with John Wayne. Uh, fantastic movie. There's so many good ones. Patton, Midway, Glory was excellent. So, so many great movies. Uh, I could easily turn this hour into a classic movie fest celebrating our heroes, but it dawned on me why we get so centric on these historical events and why everyone geeks out on old war movies around this time. It is a tradition of telling stories. For hundreds of thousands of years, we had passed stories from one generation to the next, keeping these stories alive through film, books, and family stores. In its own way, it's a great way to honor these heroes this Memorial Day. So I decided to dedicate the show to those that have fallen in Tucson community, serving our country. In the next segment, I'll highlight Tucsonans that have given their lives while in service to our country. Uh, I promise it won't be dreary. I won't be playing taps in the background and try to depress you. More just recognizing them movie style. Their stories are amazing and should be passed down. And if you have a loved one that made the ultimate sacrifice while in the armed forces, please feel free to call into the show and I'll give a few minutes to say something nice remembering them. Uh, the call in number is 520-790-2040. And after the bottom half of the hour break, I'll, I'd like to discuss why these soldiers sacrifice so much. So let's take a break and hear from our great sponsors. You are listening to Inside Track on this Memorial Day weekend. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing, and then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through, but that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house, we sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Saturday. 
Instead of an activity where every kid gets a trophy, those who graduate from Wright Flight get to fly a plane. But only if they get good grades, are well-behaved, and pass a written test. I'm Robin Stoddard, an ex-fighter pilot. I founded Wright Flight because I knew it could help kids reach new heights in their schools, homes, and communities. Endorsed by educators at every level, nonprofit Right Flight has changed thousands of lives since 1986. Learn more at rightflight.org. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh? Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit essentialpest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back, insiders. I'm Eric Rudin, owner of Essential Pest Control, again filling in for Eb and Bruce today. Continuing with our Memorial Day theme, I wanted to recognize some of the military folks that were part of our Tucson community that gave their lives while in service with our armed forces. Besides, isn't that the point of the whole Memorial Day weekend thing to remember the fallen and recognize them? So I try to do my set best. I, I did some research on the internet, uh, researching those that aided our fight in the last couple major military campaigns in Afghanistan and Iraq over the past two decades. Uh, the list is not long, less than 30 people, but I just want to recognize them and give thanks because they gave so much to protect us as Americans. So please indulge me for 10 minutes while I recognize them and how they died serving our country. Uh, unfortunately, I may have missed someone, but some Someone can call in and correct me and add to the list if there's a need. Uh, to start with, we have uh, Kevin J. McEnroe, Staff Sergeant 30. He died along with two other soldiers in support of Operation Inherent Resolve. Uh, that incident took place in Jordan on a training mission that came under fire while they were returning to base. Uh, we also have Martin Barreras, Command Sergeant, Major U.S. Army, 49, died in Texas of wounds, suffered during an attack in Herat Province, Afghanistan, uh, when his unit was attacked with small arms fire. Orion Sparks, Staff Sergeant, U.S. Army, 29, killed in Puli Alam, Afghanistan, when his unit was attacked by a suicide bomber. Uh, Nicholas McCaskill, Command Sergeant, Major U.S. Army 41. Now, technically, he was a private security contractor when he died during a suicide attack in Afghanistan, but he served for 20 years, was an Air Force pararescuer, and was a reservist at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base here in Tucson, so obviously deserving of recognition. Uh, Martin Anthony Lugo, Sergeant, U.S. Army, 24, died when Insurge attacked his unit with an improvised explosive device in Pulilam, Afghanistan. 
Todd Monroe Harris, Sergeant First Class U.S. Army, 37, died of injuries suffered when insurgents attacked his unit with small arms fire in Afghanistan. Now, here's an interesting note. I actually went to high school with Todd at Saguaro. Uh, we were actually the same age. He was an outstanding football player, athlete, well-liked. Uh, I was actually shocked to learn I had a classmate that gave his life in service, and it was kind of cool to learn also that they renamed the sports complex at Craycroft and Golf Links after him. Um, I, I should have known this, and I kind of feel bad that I didn't, living on the north side and being a little disconnected, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, we also have Christopher James Moon, specialist, U.S. Army, 20, died of injuries sustained when he encountered an improvised explosive device in Afghanistan. Timothy L. Bowles, sergeant, U.S. Four, uh, US Air Force, 24, died near Kot, Afghanistan, of wounds suffered when his vehicle encountered an improvised explosive device. Justin Timothy Gallegos, Staff Sergeant, U.S. Army, 27. Now, he died of injuries suffered during a 12-hour battle at his outpost in Nuristan province of Afghanistan. Seven other soldiers and more than 100 insurgents also died in that battle. I just have to comment here and just say, wow, because, I mean, to me, this, this screams like heroic Hollywood blockbuster, a 12-hour engagement involving hundreds of insurgents. I mean, this is like the Battle of Thermopylae of 300 Spartans holding off the Persians, in my mind. I, I could only imagine trying to, what these guys went through and having to fight off insurgents and waves. I mean, just incredible, uh, some of these stories. Let me continue. Uh, we have David L. Hurt, Master Sergeant to U.S. Army 36, died in Kandahar, Afghanistan from wounds when his vehicle was struck by an improvised explosive device. Uh, Joseph F. Gonzalez, Private U.S. Army 18, died in Korgal Valley, uh, Afghanistan of wounds uh, he suffered from a bomb blast. Uh, Robert C. Hemet, Chief Warrant Officer, U.S. Army, 39, died in uh, Baghdad um, from wounds from a bomb blast as well. Victor M. Cota, Sergeant, U.S. Army, 33, died in Baghdad of wounds suffered when his vehicle encountered an improvised explosive device. Charles R. Browning, Sergeant, U.S. Army, 31, died in Matar Lam, Afghanistan of wounds suffered when an improvised explosive device detonated near his vehicle. And Damian Lopez Rodriguez, Private U.S. Army 19, died in Baghdad, Iraq, when an improvised explosive device detonated near his vehicle during combat operations. You know, what's really incredible to me is how many of these Tucson soldiers died of improvised devices and bombs. Uh, I can see why the military drifted away from Humvees uh, to vehicles like the MRAP, the mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicle, and the joint light tactical vehicle to improve survivability of our service members. Um, you know, I know the military isn't perfect, but again, shows the commitment to protecting our soldiers. Uh, continuing, Alan McPeak, Specialist U.S. Army, 20, died in Ramadi, Iraq, of injuries sustained from small arms fire when he and another soldier engaged with enemy forces. Uh, Aaron C. Bloom, Sergeant, U.S. Marine Corps, 22, died at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego of a non-hostile cause being evacuated from Al-Anbar province, uh, an unfortunate accident. Uh, Bud M. Cote, Lance Corporal, U.S. Marine Corps 21 of Marana, died while conducting combat operations in An Al Anbar province. Uh, he was killed with two other Marines. 
Chadwick T. Kenyon, hospitalman, U.S. Navy, 20, died of injuries suffered when his vehicle was struck by an improvised uh, explosive device while conducting combat operations against enemy forces in Al-Anbar province, Iraq. Mark R. Vichian, Sergeant, U.S. Army, 25, of Tucson, died in Ramadi, Iraq, of injuries sustained when an improvised explosive device detonated near his M1A1 Abrams tank. Scott J. Mullen, Specialist, U.S. Army, 22, died in Makati City, the Philippines, of injuries sustained there from a non-combat-related accident. Uh, Kenneth E. Hunt Jr., Master Sergeant, U.S. Marine Corps, 40, died from wounds at Brook Army Medical Center, San Antonio. Hunt was injured when his vehicle he was riding in was struck with an anti-tank mine while conducting combat operations against enemy forces in Iraq. Uh, we have a couple female heroes to mention, Sam W. Huff, Private, First Class U.S. Army, 18, died in Baghdad of injuries sustained when an improvised explosive device detonated near her Humvee. And Tina S. Times Sergeant, U.S. Army, 22, uh, she was killed near Cedar, Iraq, when she was involved in a head-on vehicle collision during a dust storm in southeast Iraq. Uh, on a side note, she is believed to the first female American Samoan killed while serving in the conflict. Uh, just a few more. Robert Oliver Unra, Specialist, U.S. Army, 25, was killed in Al-Anbar Province, Iraq, when enemy forces using small arms fire attacked his unit. Robert P. Zerhai, Jr., Lance Corporal, U.S. Marine Corps, 20, was killed as a result of hostile fire in Iraq and Al-Anbar Province. He was a graduate of Tucson Desert View High School, and his father and brother were both Marines. Uh, Raymond Lasagno, Airman, First Class, U.S. Air Force, 24, died of wounds suffered in a firefight with Taliban holdouts near Shakin Fire Base in eastern Afghanistan. Uh, you know, to me, it's just absolutely amazing. We've had so many great heroes from the Tucson area that gave their lives protecting our interests. Uh, you know, I, I thank you for indulging me, but I think recognizing these individuals is a good time spent on a Memorial Day weekend. I would ask just that maybe take a few moments when you say your prayers at night to give thanks to God for having dedicated human beings like these men and women willing to protect us. I think honoring them in any way is a good thing to do. Um, it looks like we have someone on the line, uh, Ben Bueller Garcia. Uh, ben, how are you today? I'm well, Eric. Just real quick, I wanted to, if your listeners aren't familiar, you aren't familiar, Christopher Moon was a standout athlete at Tucson High, and he actually walked away from a Major League Baseball contract to serve our nation. Wow. So, that just, just goes just to, to show to the dedication story. of the, some of these young people. Yeah. Thanks for doing this show. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ben. Take care. So, again, a testament to the character of some of these wonderful human beings that have been in our Tucson community. Um, you know, like I said, I was going to shift gears a bit and going back to this movie scenario, I think it is relevant. Uh, I mentioned before how I'd watch or still watch these war movies of the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I was in a way kind of reliving uh, through them their heroic stories of past fallen heroes. 
you know, I guess the modern movie is kind of like the mass retelling of stories of yesteryear, like, you know, the Battle of Thermopylae, the Siege of Troy, or even biblical tales such as David when the Israelites faced the Philistines, you know, and moving to the American stories of Yorktown and Tetum and Gettysburg. You know, every time we remember and share these stories, we really honor the memory of these individuals, these Tucsonans that gave their lives on our behalf. Uh, I kind of like to compare it to thanks on Thanksgiving, right? And if we can give a little thanks, it's, it's greatly appreciated. So when I asked rhetorically earlier how we should celebrate Memorial Day, uh, it dawned on me that retelling the tales of these stories uh, on our behalf is kind of how we keep those memories alive. So at some point this Memorial Day weekend, share a story about someone that served. If you have grandchildren, tell them a war story of yesteryear. Explain why the Memorial Day is important. You know, I often find it meaningful. Conversations are the best, and anything historical is really great. Um, you know, I remember as a child, my grandmother, she'd make me read these little summary cards of historical events, and, you know, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so it's a way to kind of connect with family. So just retell that meaningful story to a loved one. So if you stop the fun Monday at 3 p.m. local time, give a moment to reflect upon a family. I think that would be awesome too. A little patriotism, a prayer in my opinion is a good thing. Uh, honor the honorable and hope, uphold their values uh, for those that served and fought for us. Which brings me to my next thought uh, before we break. Uh, what are these men and women of honor fighting for? Uh, I want to discuss that a little bit more after the break. Uh, we need to give thanks to our sponsors as well who keep us on the air. You're listening to Inside Track on a Memorial Day weekend. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials as well as new and used steel aluminum and stainless steel to ranchers artists interior designers roofers and do-it-yourselfers just like all of the listeners here tucson iron and metal retail is open monday through fridays 8 a.m to 4 30 p.m and saturdays 8 a.m to noon tucson iron and steel retail 701 east 36th street Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back, Insiders. Again, I'm Eric Rudin, owner of Essential Pest Control, filling in for Bruce and Ebb today. 
I'm feeling good this Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you are too. Um, you know, in the last segment, I asked, you know, what are the men and women of the armed forces fighting for? You know, I, I actually wish I really had Eb here uh, because he's a former Marine, as you know, and I believe his thought process would be an amazing perspective on a topic. Um, so I'm just only going to have to guess and surmise some things that he would be thinking about. Uh, I'm sure his answers would reflect a uh, patriotic resonance, love of God, uh, love of country, uh, serving the country that has served us all. Uh, maybe to honor our traditions and American way of life. Uh, I'm going to guess fighting for the man beside him, uh, his fellow soldier, comrade. Uh, I bet that would rank really high uh, in his book. Uh, I'm sure there would be some component of protecting American interest. That's um, yeah, very important today when we look at the threats, you know, on Taiwan and what's going on in the world. Uh, stopping totalitarian oppression like uh, communist regimes, uh, stopping mass genocides of yesteryear, etc. And, and I'm sure there would be a discussion of duty and honor and personal responsibility and so on. Because in truth, most of the people I've met that uh, have served and have been honorable, nice, thoughtful, sincere patriots that wanted to make a difference in this world. Uh, that is kind of why, you know, I sponsor the show, uh, to be honest. Um, frankly, as a sponsor, you know, I see two guys trying to better their community. Uh, that are both honorable men. Uh, I believe in their personal mission, their conservative message, um, and both honor our country, you know, every single week. So I have a lot of admiration uh, for both these gentlemen. Now, I don't want to be the negative Nancy, uh, but in recent years, uh, I've really been asking the question of what are we fighting for? You know, why do we send these young men and women halfway around the world uh, to fight? Uh, now, I assure you, I haven't gone full pacifist. You know, I'm not way off on the libertarian end. And, you know, I do recognize that there's a place of for America and the world standing, um, you know, because it's a dangerous place. But, you know, when I really think about it, I kind of feel like the danger is really here at home. Uh, obviously, countries like China are a threat, but we, we have people here that will make every excuse and nonsensical argument that China is somehow really the good guys and somehow we as capitalists are the enemy. <clears throat> uh, LeBron James uh, comes to mind. Heck, we, we have an education system that teaches that America is the problem. And it just blows my mind. It's absolutely mind-boggling at some of the nonsense you hear out there. So... We have these wonderful service members that do the right thing day in, day out, honorable, accountable, reliable, that would give their lives to protect our fat, lazy butts day in, day out while we sit on a couch, couch watching our shows. Yet we have a bunch of disconnected jerks in Washington that think honor some archaic notion of yesteryear. Or worse, you get into academia and, you know, they would say honor is, you know, some tool of persuasion that needs to be analyzed. You know, they come up with all this nonsense and this jargon. It just doesn't make sense. So in their mind, you know, there's no right or wrong, just or unjust or nobility handed down to us from God or even responsibility. Everything they view is through the lens of petty control 
say anything, do anything to have control and increase their own personal wealth, status, ego. Um, Joe Biden comes to mind. Hunter Biden comes to mind. Heck, uh, Nancy Pelosi there. Uh, her husband is a real financial genius in his stock moves off government contracts. So, it, you know, it's really all about them. And, and sometimes I, I think it really gets lost with the young people that we have. Um, I just wish our government officials had just a fraction of honor that all these people I recited earlier in the program had, those great Tucsonans that gave their lives for our country. And I really believe honor is really just being proud of basic morality. And in truth, we have a morality problem in this country. It's my firm opinion, the number one issue in America for the next decade plus, it, it isn't the border. I mean, I know there's a border crisis. I know it's a humanitarian thing. Uh, it's not the jacked up Biden economy. Uh, it's not energy, the environmental movements, you know, the push for electric vehicles, saving the planet, etc. Heck, it's not even China and, you know, their globalization, what they want to do. And it's not even that tool of Vladimir and Russia. It's morals, plain, simple morality. Because the ability of our elected officials to tell the truth and be held accountable for their actions to have the same basic honor that every soldier has died for in this country. Just think how different this country would be if someone like, well, let's say Hillary got prosecuted for the Russian collusion hoax. Or if we saw Hunter Biden, maybe if he was put in handcuffs. You know, the rules that apply to us, the working people, and you see the heavy-handed uh, treatment of the January 6th protesters, how that was applied. Now, if that was applied the same to, let's say, the power brokers, the elite in Washington, if we had a media that actually asked simple and obvious questions of accountability, I think we'd be in a different world. We, we'd be a much better country for it. Um, it's just no wonder nothing gets done in Washington because no lie is ever held to account. How can anything be solved if we can't even face simple realities and tell the truth? Now, my bitterness and cynicism, uh, you know, they didn't form in a vacuum or molded by, you know, that evil Fox News or typical Republican red meat affirmation. It, it comes from the shock of just multiple decades of bizarre outcomes from events that just really blew my mind. I'm going to wander off track here just for a minute um, and just kind of get into my personal journey. You know, I'm a child of the 80s. I grew up thinking everything America is great, right? You know, we have Ronald Reagan. We have Reaganomics. Uh, we have Michael J. Fox is on television. He's going back to the future. Everything's fun. Uh, you know, we have this patriotic tone in a lot of our movies. Uh, you know, we have Rocky defeating the Russians against Ivan Drago. We have Top Gun, uh, their new sequel out, by the way, if everybody uh, wants to see that. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, um, you know, it was just a time that, you know, we felt really good in America, you know, and then we fast forward 20 years and, you know, you have an event like 9-11 that, you know, I, I frankly, I think changed a lot of us, but it actually really upheld my belief system, you know, it was affirmed because, you know, obviously I sat in horror watching the towers fall like everyone else did, but, you know, the pride I felt shortly after when America came together you know, we had this attitude, you know, where don't tread on me. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, you, you think of the imagery of, you know, let's say the um, 
firefighters, you know, with the flag hanging down from, you know, the rubble that was there. We had uh, George Bush standing on the rubble pile. And, you know, at that time, you know, you have a president has what, like a 96% approval rating. I mean, almost everybody in America was completely united at that moment. And, you know, I just kind of felt like, you know, when someone punches America or the stuff hits the fan that, you know, we're going to have a response. We're going to be all in as Americans. Um, You know, so I I was still kind of riding on this cloud of high that, you know, we're going to do the right thing as a country. Uh, Now, I admit I was a little dismayed when all that faded kind of rapidly, in my opinion. Yet, 11 years later, my complete attitude in this world completely changed. And it's unfortunate, but again, it was a 9-11 event that just rocked my whole little world and kind of shattered my thinking of how I view the country. And you all probably aware of what I'm referring to, but it's the attack on Benghazi uh, when we lost an ambassador and several CIA members. Um, you know, that event just really rocked my world and destroyed my bubble. Um, You know, I've researched this event and read the congressional testimonies, and I was complete disbelief on what happened that night. Uh, I'm not going to get too far in it, but I'm going to refresh your mind and maybe your memories uh, just in case, you know, time things fade. But uh, the basic gist of things, you know, our embassy was attacked. The ensuing fire from that attack on the embassy killed our ambassador. Uh, We had American CIA members upon their own initiative went to aid the embassy without permission from the government. They did this on their own. Uh, They let her fled back to the CIA annex building in retreat. Uh, The attackers pursued. Uh, The attack continued. And we had two more CIA operators killed in a mortar attack on top of a roof uh, at the annex building. Now, Mind you, this is the thing that you really have to remember about this event. This attack, this night, this happened over a 12-hour period. This wasn't just, you know, flashbang, something happened. This this was an all-night affair. And by all accounts during that time period, the White House was a black hole of information, wouldn't respond to dozens of requests from our military to act. Um, This is the part that blew my mind. Okay, and and I'm going to take you back a little bit here. Uh, This all happened during normal working hours in Washington time. The president in the Oval Office, he was there at 345 in the afternoon. They have all the staffers. Everybody's working. This is a normal work day. And what is amazing, and if you look at the congressional testimony, we had a drone above the scene within an hour of the attack. Within one hour, we have a drone that sees everything. So everyone in Washington knew exactly what was going on in real time within an hour. Yet, we didn't even activate Marine FAST teams, you know, their fleet anti-terrorism security until five hours after the attack began. And they couldn't get released from Italy to get there until almost the next day. The most unforgivable part to me was you had Hillary Clinton and the State Department give a press conference blaming the attack on some dumb video, which was later turned to be untrue. Um, We're told this was not a terrorist event. Again, untrue. Uh, 
and gave a complete political narrative lies, not disinformation, lies, political outright lies to the CIA annex before those CIA annex operatives lost their lives on the roof. By almost every conceivable account, the White House prioritized crafting a complete political message before even responding to the crisis at hand. You know, I can't blame them for the attack. Things happen. It's an ugly world. But, you know, those two CIA officers would have probably be alive today if the message from the White House was simply, we respond with everything we got as fast as possible. We can get a drone there in an hour, but we can't get a single military asset there in 12 hours. Does that even sound believable? In my world, that is what we call some honky-tonk BS. I wish I could really say what I really wanted to say, but that's not right. So what happened to this concept of no man left behind? Think of that this Memorial Day, all because it was an election year at that time and they wanted a political narrative. Now, worse yet, we've had to be reminded of this again. Think about our retreat from Afghanistan. What about the Americans that were left behind at that point? You know, we have these wonderful service members that, you know, I've gone to great lengths to kind of call out and say the great things and heroic things that they've done for us. What were they fighting for the last 20 years that we what withdraw and we leave a base for China so that they have strategic position within the region, that we leave billions of dollars of assets on the ground so the terrorists can retool and oppress women again in Afghanistan and all those Afghanistan allies were again left behind? You know, I, I don't want to dwell on, you know, these negative things, but it really comes down to Washington, D.C., or at least the people that are in leadership right now in Washington basically have no honor, nor does the media. If they had any sense of decency, people would question these events and hold people accountable. It's no wonder everyday Americans are fleeing these crazy liberal ideologues and they care nothing of everyday citizens especially the military. Now, you know, what's funny is it doesn't even just apply to the military nowadays. I mean, if I went back and I thought about when I was a kid, you know, I was under this naive notion that, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they kind of want the same thing. It's just, you know, they just want to go about it a different way. You know, I always thought that Democrats were all about uh, unions, the working man. You know, I I thought that was the backbone of uh, the whole Democrat Party. But you look at what they've done in this woke world, in this green environment. uh, They've completely abandoned those folks. Just look at the average union worker. I mean, how the truck drivers were insulted just recently when they were having their protest in Canada and the United States. I mean, these are the Teamsters. This is Jimmy Hoffa. This is the union of unions that uh, created all that union craze in America. And we completely just, you know, for lack of better words, just crapped all over these people. And then you get into the energy sector, you know, when you talk about pipelines and gas lines and people are building that, coal miners, you know, a lot of these jobs, especially in the Eastern Coast, these are all union people too. And, you get even further down and you get into, let's say, the police, 
you know, the fraternal order of the police. I mean, you're talking a whole bunch of union employees that, you know, every day go out and serve and protect us as well. And they've been completely ignored as well. So it's no wonder that we see Latinos flocking to Republicans and we see blacks and all this working labor people shifting because the ideology in America has just completely changed and we're in this crazy world. And, and again, it, it just comes to morality, in, in my opinion. So, you know, I know I've been going on a rant here. So what's the point, right? So what's the point? Well, the point is, in my book, Morality Matters. Honor matters. How we live our lives matter. You know, I miss the days where a handshake was a contract. A simple nod was an agreement amongst men. You know, I believe it was Ben Franklin, you know, and I'm surmising here, but he basically said our government only works with a moral society. You know, many of our founders wrote about morality being a central component in our society. For when a society is immoral... The need for laws, more rules, more regulations, those become necessary. You know, if you, you took all those laws and rules and you condensed them all down, it really just comes down to the Ten Commandments. We just give it a bunch of different labels. You know, a homicide is a homicide. You know, murder is murder. You know, we have, I don't know, upteen degrees, a whole bunch of lawyer definitions. You know, we'll call it, you know, a, a hate crime or something along those lines. No, you know. Bad is bad. So, you know, this all leads to this totalitarian rule becoming justified, reason of control, because there's a society that's out of control because they don't have a moral background. I think if we focused on values of morality, integrity, honor, we'd just be in a better place in our country, which in turn would lead to honest debate and better outcomes. So I do have an ask for you as a listener this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, as we approach this election season, we have to evaluate candidates, really judge the person's character. And I want you to ask yourself, is this person a straight shooter? Will they serve with integrity? Will they be honest? Will they be direct? Because frankly, I don't care if a candidate says they're MAGA. I mean, I'm a MAGA guy. I love Trump. I look everything the guy does. Uh, heck, I can't even take his mean tweets. And I don't care if you're on the other side of the spectrum as a rhino. I, I really don't. Or somewhere in the middle. You know, I see candidates make claims to be something they're not all the time. Too many of us, we don't see it sometimes. We just want the red meat lip service that affirms our choices we already made. I'd much rather have someone that I might disagree with on a few issues if I knew they would tell me it to me straight. And I can work with that. Now, some of you may know I ran for office and was unsuccessful. Great learning experience. But I was literally flabbergasted at some of the things my opponents would say. You know, they had spake conservative values, but they lived exactly the opposite of their daily lives, or worse yet, just outright lie. Uh, when I evaluate candidates in politics, you know, I, I have my own criteria. I'll, I'll share some of that. Um, but you should have a criteria, too. It's not just about the red meat. One question I always ask is, have they accomplished something big in their own lives prior to running for office? What have they done? I'm not into career politicians that have been there their entire life. I, I want someone that has an accomplished. They've had an exemplary military record. 
you know, they're a business owner that they've had a track record of success. Maybe they're a doctor and done something in the medical field. I'm not really big on lawyers. Uh, I think we have too many of those in Washington. Uh, But to me, it basically speaks to competency of getting things done. Um, My second question is, do they have their lives together financially on a personal level? Because I have this belief, if you can't handle your own business, what makes you think they can handle taxpayer money? Or yet worse, can they be bought? Because the most corrupt place on the planet is Washington, D.C. And if money is an issue for them, um, you know, I I have a problem saying that that person is going to do the right thing. I, I just don't believe it. And last, do I believe them when I look them in the eye? Uh, You know, I always look for the white lie, the slip up, because if they're willing to change their story for a few votes, how soon will they cave to some real political pressure? And there is a lot of political pressure. And I don't care if you're on a school board, state legislature, it it really doesn't matter. Um, You know, I'm going to divert and I'm going to just talk about a real quick personal story. Again, going running for office, I had to meet all these people and and I got to meet Bruce. And to be frankly, I was a little intimidated, to be honest. Now, he doesn't endorse people, so there was really nothing to be gained there. But he, you know, he wanted a measure of character. And, you know, he asked me the tough questions. And quite frankly, he wanted to look me in the eye. And his own words is, you know, he can tell when someone's not a conservative. And the fact he's allowed me to host on this show, you know, and Eb allowed that, uh, I'm going to venture to say that... uh, At least I think I've passed to a certain degree, but I like that old school integrity. And the one thing that I I will say about candidates that we have to be a little bit careful with is, you know, there's this conundrum with candidates. You know, if you go to Washington, D.C., you're going to find that, you know, their approval ratings are like 8%, right? 90% of America think Congress sucks. But if you ask those same Americans what they thought of their own representative, they're going to say that, no, oh, there's a 50, 60, 70% approval rating amongst them. Now, we all can't be right because all these representatives can't be, you know, in a 70% approval at home in a disaster in Washington. The truth is they're not very good at all, all the representatives that come home. The problem is these candidates, they, they tend to be really naturally likable. They're outgoing. They, they affirm our own personal biases. Um, they're people, people. And uh, they, they know what we want to hear. And, you know, they'll say, hey, I've accomplished all these good things. This is what I did for you. This is the bill I passed for you here at home. And when there's a problem, they blame it on some boogeyman. Well, it's the Democrats. It's the Supreme Court. It's the economy. You know, it's not my fault. So you kind of have to wade through this and kind of be a discerning voter. So this election cycle, make your vote in dollars count this election season. Honor those that serve by making good choices and people that will protect our troops in the worst of times. And since I'm on a roll asking things of people, you know, I might as well ask for more, right? You, you always, if you're on a roll, just keep on asking. So uh, returning to my Memorial Day theme, maybe consider giving to a veteran-related charity. Unfortunately, dollars matter these days. And, um, you know, there are some good charities out there. 
Uh, but I'm, I'm asking, you know, for a veteran-related charity. Uh, I usually prefer something local over national. Um, there are charity rankers out there that people, um, you know, can discern if the dollars are being spelt well, spent well and not in administration cost. And yes, I, I did air quote administration, which is code for people lining their pockets off a good cause. Uh, so do your research. But I think it's worthwhile. Uh, but the overall ask is to give where you can, and giving to a veteran-related organization feels good. Uh, I recently gave a few bucks to a charity called TwoForVets.org, a small local charity that helps with veteran funeral expenses. Uh, I happen to know them. Um, you know, they're friends. They're good people. They're big into veterans' issues, uh, the fentanyl drug crisis. Uh, but in truth, the reason I donated to them is it made me feel good. Uh, it felt good giving to a good cause and fortunate I've been blessed and I can do those things. And I know most of my audience right now, you're givers. I know you're givers. So always be generous when it comes to the charity of your choice. Uh, so, and maybe adding a veterans charity is a good add to your list as well. And don't forget at the beginning of the show, um, add that movie magic to your holiday by telling stories of the past to your loved ones. Uh, be the old fuddy-duddy, uh, kind of like my grandmother, you know. They may roll your eyes, got to read the flashcards, whatever it is, because in the end, uh, you know, I really think they'll appreciate it. And, you know, when they talk about your, resent, um, your moment of remembrance at um, 3 p.m. local time, you know, you give a little bit of prayer, might be a good time to tell the story. Or maybe concluding the family events one of these days is a war movie that you guys can end up talking about and sharing a story. And like Ben calling in today, he had a personal connection to somebody here locally that was with him. So maybe tell somebody in your office, maybe tell one of your family members, just tell a friend, you know, talk about that personal experience and that connection that you had with that person, because then their sacrifice is not in vain. You can talk about the values that that person had, um, maybe talk a fun story about that person and some trouble you used to get into, uh, you know, make fun, make light, that sort of thing. But uh, those personal connections and that storytelling I think is really important this Memorial Day. So I just want you to connect with somebody because I, I think that's really important. Um, last but not least, you know, I, I just want to thank all of you for spending your time with me today, uh, letting me be a part of your weekend. Uh, I want to thank Bruce and Ebb for letting me fill in and the trust they shared. Uh, I want to Thank Tom in the booth for keeping me out of trouble and having my timers and everything set up for me. Uh, this is Inside Track, and we wish you a good weekend, and I hope you have a meaningful Memorial Day. Thank you. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. 
Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. 